a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Lou. Thank you so much for listening, and happy Halloween. Uh, in honor of this spooky day, we're going to be counting down our top five spookiest things in Star Wars. So without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! So this list is in no particular order, but number one is the uh, character who I'm most excited to talk to you all about. With that being said, starting at number five, uh, it's a character that I've actually covered in a previous episode, but it's Darth Nihilus, who was a legend Sith from around two or 3,000 years before the Phantom Menace. Um, and he is one of the most mysterious entities in Star Wars lore. He was created by the Mass Shadow Generator in the ruins of Malachor V. Uh, he was an anomaly known as a Force Virgence, um, like I said, he was known as the Lord of Hunger, apprenticed to a woman named Darth Treya, alongside another Sith named Darth Sion. Eventually, uh, Sion and Nihilus both overthrew Treya and severed her connection to the Force. But this is where he gets kind of creepy, is he had a very unique ability and desire to quote-unquote feed on Force energy and would drain life forms to satiate that hunger, similar to how uh, think of like a Dementor and Harry Potter would operate. Um, he also has a super creepy design. He's like this. He has this big billowing cape and then this really menacing white mask. Kind of looks like a Kabuki mask. Um, he and Sion led a crusade that became known as the First Jedi Purge, where they nearly eradicated the Jedi Order. But eventually he had surrendered himself so completely to his hunger that he ceased to actually physically exist yeah, um, and he had to tether his essence to his robes and the iconic red and white mask that I described earlier. One of his feats was that he actually drained the life force of an entire planet, and the sole survivor of that cataclysm was a woman named Visus Mar, and he took her on as his apprentice. And ultimately, he was defeated by the Jedi exile Mitra Sirik aboard his ship the Ravager, but his spirit continued to possess his armor and mask, which were laid to rest on Korriban. So, that is the first spooky Star Wars thing that we have. Moving on to number four, uh, I want to talk to you all about Project Blackwing. Now, this was first introduced to me in the Death Troopers novel, which is now Legends. But it's a pretty interesting read. It's pretty short, um, comparatively, but it's a really, really interesting read. The project was an Imperial initiative that was designed initially to achieve immortality, but there was a virus that was accidentally created while, uh, while working on an experiment to revive dead tissue. And this virus ended up killing the host and attacking its tissue and turning it, the corpse, into this cannibalistic zombie-type thing. Um, the virus, also known as the sickness, um, altered the body's strength and stamina where these life forms, or lack of life form, would move slower but be far more resilient to physical harm, taking damage that could be nearly fatal or completely fatal and being completely fine. Uh, but these sort of zombies, their skin deteriorated to a sickly gray-green, and the virus is actually able to communicate with itself, which allowed these zombies to act as a single entity and learn from survivors 
um, skills like how to operate weapons and machinery and also fly spacecraft, um, which allowed them to spread more rapidly. And they spread by, uh, it was an airborne virus, but they could also spread it, the contagion by biting um, other life forms. But I won't spoil the plot of the book just in case you want to read it, but it's, it's a cool read and it covers this. Uh, it's yeah, it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse um, story, but it's a cool thing. And that's number four. Number three are the brain invaders. They are Geonosian parasitic worms that we see in the Clone Wars. And just a little confession, this arc of the Clone Wars kept me up for a really long time as a kid. I was in like second or third grade whenever this came out and it freaked me TF out. It was, it was a little traumatic, I'm not going to lie. But these parasitic worms entered the host through the nose or the ear and controlled their minds. Uh, the Genosian queen, Karina the Great, used the worms to control a host of undead Genosians. So I will say a lot of these are zombie-related because um, that's kind of the, the direction that Star Wars has gone in. Um, but the worms infected the clones of Tengu Company on board a Republic medical frigate following the Second Battle of Geonosis, and also affected, infected uh, the Padawan Beresafi, who was one of the Jedi overseeing the frigate. Um, Ahsoka Tano, who was the other Jedi uh, in command, was able to save Beres and a lot of the troopers and stop the spread of the parasites by using extremely cold temperatures to combat the worms, because they don't do well in cold temperatures. Um... But the worms controlled minds through biologically archived memory from the previous Geonosian queens and caused the host to speak in Geonosian hive mind, which is the little... That, that kind of like the more insectoid clicks. Um, but yeah, no, super cool arcs in the Clone Wars Season 2. If you want to check them out, if that's your vibe, go for it. They're at the tail end of the Geonosis arc. Um... I think they're, it's called Legacy of Terror and Brain Invaders. So check that out if that is something that you're interested in. Another Clone Wars one, we have the Night Sister Zombies. Um, once again, zombies are a pretty consistent um, horror motif throughout Star Wars. Uh, but these are just undead Night Sisters. The Night Sisters were the uh, coven of witches that were native to Dathomir and practiced uh, magics using the dark side of the Force. Um, and an ancient night sister named Daka used a resurrection spell to revive a group of corpses from their burial pods. And these uh, undead sisters assisted in the effort to repel General Grievous's forces on Dathomir. Uh, and apparently, they were also used by the night sister Marin from Fallen Order when she considered Calcestis a threat whenever he went to Dathomir. So I didn't actually know that because I haven't watched or played Fallen Order, but. I thought that was kind of interesting. And lastly, this is the title card character because I find her really fascinating and I think that she's very appropriate to discuss in this episode and it's Abeloth. If you don't know who it is, I'm sure you've seen her in like the thumbnail of some um, YouTube video about Star Wars. She's a very thumbnailable character. I'm sure I'll use her in the thumbnail of my video on YouTube. But she's one of the most disturbing things I've seen, not even just in Star Wars, just in general. She has this really creepy smile and probably the most iconic image of her in the, 
the mouth has just these jagged teeth and it goes all the way up the side of her face. She's these black eyes and these tentacles. It's just, ah, it's, it's so creepy. She's known as the bringer of chaos and was an extremely powerful force sensitive being who drank from the well of power and bathed in the pool of knowledge. Before this, she was known as the servant and served the ones who were the mortis gods that we get to know in the Clone Wars, the father, the son, and the daughter. She became the mother and kept the balance between the father's children, the son, and the daughter, who were constantly in conflict with each other, the daughter being the light side and the son being the dark. Uh, if you're interested in this, go ahead and check out episode 51 of the podcast with Jack Pittman. Uh, we talk about the mortis gods and their relevance to the greater Star Wars mythos at length. But that being said... Abeloth, before she became Abeloth, was the mother. And the issue with this was that she was mortal, and she grew old while the ones remained ageless. And um, ultimately, to try to gain power and immortality, she was corrupted by the well of power and the pool of knowledge, which she um, exposed herself to in an attempt to stay young and be able to live with the ones. And... This corruption transformed her into a twisted, immortal entity. And the father and his children were disgusted and, and terrified by her. And so they imprisoned her in the center of several black holes as a sort of prison. And she escaped several times, but the ones were always able to keep her at bay. But then the death of the ones allowed her to escape from her prison unencumbered. They died during the Clone Wars and she escaped sometime after the Galactic Civil War. Um, she was able to influence minds and cause a psychotic need to track her down. And once she was found, she would absorb the person's force energy that she had um, lured into a psychotic state. Uh, and she was able to use her influence to become the chief of state of the Galactic Alliance after the Empire fell. And ultimately, she was defeated by Luke Skywalker and Darth Krait. But Luke wasn't convinced of her death and searched for them for Mortis and the Mother Blade which was uh, the dagger that was used to kill the ones during the Clone Wars uh, whenever Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka were there. But that's about it. Abeloth is a super interesting character. I don't know too much about her, um, but she's super creepy, and I really wanted to at least touch on her character. I can go a little more in-depth another time if y'all want. But that being said, in honor of Halloween, this was our top five spookiest things in Star Wars. Uh... Shoot me a message or drop a comment if you think I missed anything. But that's all that I have for this episode. But this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. So today what I have for y'all is that Ewok Hunt is a multiplayer game mode in Battlefront 2, pitting a squad of stormtroopers against a tribe of Ewoks at night on Endor. And it is said to be very fun but terrifying. I just think it's really funny because I've seen the gameplay of this. It is really, really scary because the Ewoks just kind of come out of nowhere. And it's a very helpless feeling and a very humbling experience. But it seems like a fun time. Would be down to play it sometime, but uh, I don't have Battlefront 2. So that would be the biggest obstacle to making that happen. But that being said, I'd like to say sorry that I haven't gotten the Tales of the Jedi review out. It's been a really busy week. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to try to get it out. If not tomorrow, then on Thursday. 
we'll see how my schedule goes. I have some exams coming up, but I do really want to, the reason that I'm taking so long is that there's so much that I want to talk about and it's difficult for me to gather my thoughts in a cohesive manner. So bear with me. Um, it'll get out eventually and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. But that being said, I will definitely have an and review on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at TwinSunTalks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, TwinSunTalks Podcast. Follow and listen wherever you get your podcasts by searching TwinSunTalks. And make sure to share this podcast with anyone that you think would enjoy it. That's really helpful for me and my growth uh, with this brand and this platform. So any support is really appreciated. But that being said, that's all that I have. You taking your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.